What is up, everybody? Awesome conversation with my former client, friend, Larry Grant, who played football at The Ohio State University and uh, ultimately went on to play in the NFL for six seasons. And uh, got to catch up with Larry today and talk about uh, some cool stories, really focusing on some of those recruiting stories and how him and I met and you know, life in the NFL and his path and his uh, his path from uh, college to, to pro to uh, where he is now and a bunch of other crazy shit talking in between. So it was fun, fun hour plus episode uh, with my man, LG. I hope you guys enjoy. What's up, brother? What's going on, my man, Nate Dog? Good to hear from you, man. Good to talk to you. Great to talk to you, man. Great to talk to you. It's been a little while and uh, a little too long. So tell me, tell me if you could, man. What's going on with you these days? How is family life? I know you've got you've got a lot on your a lot on your plate with these little ones. Tell me a little bit about what's going on with you. Definitely, man. You know, I, I just had a new baby in 2016, Lillian Olivia Grant, my first baby girl. Such a life changer. Got married in 15, and. Uh, my wife is amazing. She's a great mother, man. You know, my life couldn't be better right now, man. Um, I'm coaching now <clears throat> at the high school level. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, of course, my future is uh, coaching at the next level above, you know. Uh, but right now, we, you know, we're focusing on these high school kids and, and getting my master's. So, you know, everything is, is working well. That's awesome, man. That is that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You've you had two boys, right? And then you just had your your yeah. third your third, which was a baby girl. Tell tell me about tell me about how different that is between having the boys versus the girls. <laughs> well, the difference is uh, it just seems like Lillian has stole a piece of me. <laughs> you know, I never I never wondered. I always wondered what it would be like, but I never understood until until I finally had one myself. I've seen my friends and. My brothers with their baby girls, my nieces, and all them. But once I have my own, I can see the difference it has made in me. I've gotten a little, how you say, I don't like to use this word, but I've gotten a little bit softer on the inside. So. Man, I never thought I would hear that coming from you. <laughs> That's right. beautiful. That you know, I've got three, so I don't know what it's like to have boys. Yeah. But uh, but uh, yeah. yeah I'm, keep working. Keep working. <laughs> Uh, this third one almost put me over the edge. We're done working, I'll tell you that. Um, so, you know, good to talk to you. For, for people that don't know, Larry was uh, was my former client when I was in the sports agent business. And in fact, you were the uh, you were the first client I ever had. You were my first wow. client. You were my first client, and. Uh, and I want to get into a little bit of that before we get into, you know, what, you know, the, the life in the NFL and and uh, the things you're doing these days. So so you were my first client, man. And uh, this is funny. I wanted to really talk a little bit, going back, taking you back a little bit to your to your college football days. So let's start. Let's start with uh, let's start with City College. And, uh, you know. Yeah, City College, where you were, you played two seasons, City College of uh, San Francisco, right? Yes. And, uh, that's, that's a, go ahead. That's what I like to say. That's the school that made me, raised me from a little boy, you know, uh, and turned me into a man. Um, two years there, some of the best two years of my life, gained so many friendships that I still have to this day. 
whole bunch of great guys that just grinded out for two years. Some was there for three. You know, uh, ended up losing two national championships there, but two amazing seasons, man. I, I ended up winning a national player of the year most of my year. I got every accolade I could possibly get as a defensive player. It was a great time there, man. In, a, in, a, in, a, in an amazing city where I was from as well. Right. You know, uh, just a great, a great place. Some, some great coaches that are also still there now. The head may retire, but, you know, the rest of the coach staff is still there. I go back, you know, uh, regularly to, to, to speak and gain more knowledge as a coach there as well. So it's a great place, great great junior college the best in america for sure that is that's beautiful yeah so you were there 2004 and 2005 and uh you were there in 2005 you were the juco national player of the year regardless regardless of position regardless of offense and defense you were the one you were the guy that one guy you were that one guy and uh and, and so absolutely dominating the uh the junior college scene so so for people that don't understand like you know you're obviously out of high school you were extremely gifted why did you start why did you start at the junior college level before going to a division one program you know um the one thing about that is a lot of people that don't know is that going, coming out of high school where i where i lived in atlanta georgia with my brother I actually got a scholarship, a full athletic scholarship to Murray State University. I left, I left Atlanta. Well, I had to come back to California, graduate in summer school in high school, and I ended up going out in uh, the first week of August to, to Murray, Kentucky. I was there for a few weeks. You know, I, I ended up. Uh, I was a starter on defense as a freshman, and I also played. I was a situational running back on offense, so I was playing both ways, ways throughout training camp when we were getting ready for Kentucky. The opening game, mm-hmm. and uh, in training camp, Coach Panunzio, who was the head coach at the time, he uh, told me that I needed to go take an ACT. I needed to score for the ACT just for just to get me into into a math class. So I, you know, me, he said, "Hurry up and come back." I didn't know any better. I'm just a young guy. So at the time, 18 years old, so I just said, "You know what? I'm gonna go and take this test as fast as I can and get back to practice." But little did I know that. I needed to pass the test. So I made a mistake by just going in and abacadabra, just going as fast as I can to finish out the test. Ended up failing really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So after that, you know, they ended up sending me home. Sent me home on the bus from Murray, Kentucky, on the Greyhound bus, all the way back to Sacramento, California, where I lived at for uh, a semester until I, until I enrolled in the City College of San Francisco. I had no idea what a junior college was. At that time, I thought, I knew I was I was talented, you know, because my brother told me, a lot of people told me, but at that time, I thought, you know, I don't know, maybe I can do something with myself again, you know, I thought my football career was over. Wow, really? Wow, you know, wow. And, and ended up back in San Francisco at home and didn't know what, what to expect, but I just said, you know, I'm just going to go play. Yep. Well, that, that, that worked out for you, so... Like we said, you go off to City College, which is one of the top programs, if not the top program in the country for junior college athletics, football athletics, and you absolutely tear it up for two years, 2004, 2005. Uh, 2005 um, is where you got all those accolades. And then what is your process um, to go from City College of San Francisco to The Ohio State University, man? What is, what is that like? 
it was amazing for me. You know, I being that I had never, I've been on one recruiting trip before that time, and that was to Murray, Kentucky. So I didn't know what to expect when it came to recruiting. I just know coming into my second year, they brought the rankings out, and I was the number one player in, the, in JC football. So I'm like, oh, I, I can't wait to see what happens. You know, and then schools were, they were lining up. You know, and uh, by the grace of God, I was able to take a visit to, to, to every one of my top schools. I took a visit to Tennessee, Florida, Texas A&M, Oregon, and, and Ohio State. And uh, it was, I, I, I originally um, committed to Urban Meyer out there in Florida. I committed and I was getting ready to be a Gator until I was ineligible because of a math class. So I just, I decided to take another another two, two trips. I went to Columbus, met with Coach Fickle, met a couple other guys there, and I knew. Now Coach I Fickle, Coach Fickle was, was the uh, linebackers coach? He was a linebacker coach at the time. Yeah. No defensive coordinator, linebacker coach. Okay. And uh, I knew on my way back to the airport, you know, when he was dropping me off, that I was going, I was going to commit to Columbus, to Ohio State. I was going to commit and be a Buckeye for the next couple of years of my life. But, you know, being a, a young kid, I said, let me take this trip to Oregon as well. Took the trip, you know, and a couple of days later, I, I was on my way to Columbus with uh, to be a Buckeye. That's amazing, man. That had to be such an incredible moment for you and your family. You know, two two years prior, you were leaving Murray, uh, Georgia, going back home to, to San Francisco. You thought football was probably over with, most likely. You're like, hey, I'm going to give it we a go. Yeah, yeah, your whole family did. And then next thing you know, fast forward two years, and you're being – you have a, a chance to go to – practically one you know a humongous football powerhouse program it's your choice and they're going to pay pay for you to go there right yeah yeah that's, yeah, that's it amazing. all worked out the way the way me personally i personally planned it as a kid you know i didn't know what to expect going into junior college but junior college was the best thing that happened to me so you know, two, it gave me another opportunity to be recruited and, and show my skills off to every school in america and, and it worked out so if you're a junior college if you're a junior college athlete, the moral of the story here is don't give up. <laughs> you know, because you're 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 one step away from going to a major college program, and then one more step away from going to the NFL, which is exactly what you did. And we'll get to that. Exactly. So I think this is probably one of the coolest things, man, is that you played in four straight national championship games between City College and. And Ohio State. That that's that's fucking crazy. It's crazy, man. It's tremendous, man. <laughs> Being at City College, you know that's what, that's what we do. We play national championships. You know, I think LG LG, really you've got that special play. something. You got that special something about you because then you ended up playing in the Super Bowl too. I mean, yeah, yeah. I should have played in two. But well, I got a chance to play on one. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. Uh, it was another one of the greatest experiences of my life. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. that was one of the deciding factors of me going to Columbus. Honestly, I went, I took my visit to, to Florida, came home, and I told all my boys, man, I'm coming to Florida. We're going to the national championship this <laughs> year. Ended up going to Columbus, told Coach Fickle I'm coming to Ohio State, came home, told everybody, we're going to the national championship this year. <laughs> Ended up playing Florida, and that's it, man. Ended oh, that's right, Florida. that's right. Who won that game? Did we win that game, Ohio State, or we did not win? No, that we game. didn't wow, win that game. We, 
Yeah. I played in four national championships back to back to back to back and lost all four. Oh shit. Okay. Well, hey, listen, man. At least I, I got to tell you, that's got to be a a record that very few, if anyone else, holds. The fact that you played in four national titles. Granted, you know, two were at JUCO level. But that's even more, almost even more miraculous that the two were at JUCO and two were two were at you know Division One uh, Ohio State. That's that's amazing, man. That's absolutely amazing. Every, I don't know. I don't know if many can say that, but at every level of football outside of high school, I've been able to play at a national championship game in a national championship game or football. So uh, yeah, so let's get to that. Let's get to this. So your senior season, okay? You're you're in Columbus. Yeah. You're on NFL scouts' radars, and of course, with that being said, you're on NFL agent radars, and that's where I came into the equation. So I was working with players rep uh, with Andy Sims, myself, and you probably don't remember any of this, the details like I do because you know you were getting hounded by a million different people. But I, I was, I was only, I was you know zeroed in on just a few, and obviously you were one of them. So, so. I remember Andy, um, you know, saying, "Hey, man, I can't." So here's the thing: when I was recru- when I was recruiting you, I was still in law school, and uh, that's one of the things that we really never got into. But I was still finishing up law school. But at the time, I was allowed to talk to you. There weren't those real strict rules with the NFLPA yet. So. Um, I was working with Andy. I had been working with him for some time, you know, the prior year, the prior six months, doing some different things. And uh, as I was finishing up law school, clearly with the with my sights set on getting registered with the Players Association, um, there was a few guys that I was trying to help recruit. And, of course, you were one of them. So I remember Andy had talked to you a couple times, probably back in, like, the, you know, the summer prior. And, you know, you're, you're talking – you probably talked to – Dozens of people. You don't know who's calling you. And um, I remember, I remember him saying, "Hey, man, see if you can get this, Larry. See if you can get in touch with Larry, because I, I, I can't seem. He was receptive to me for a while, and now we kind of lost. You know, you lost, you lose steam. And um, for some reason, I was able to get a hold of you. Okay, now here I am. Just so you and I, just just to be candid, here I am talking to you. I have no fucking clue really what I'm saying to you, okay? But I know, but but I know that I know that who what I what I bring to the table as a person, as as a human being, as a you know as a someone with, with integrity and values, and I know the type of firm that I was working with. So I know that these were were, were proven. We've had a track record. Yada yada yada. This is the part the story that you don't know is that so the first time so I was able to get a hold of you and then you actually said yeah you know what why don't you come and take a meeting with me and come to come, come to Ohio State So I remember the first time do you remember the first time we met What was it at was it at my house Yeah it was at your apartment Uh-huh Yeah so the first time we met I come into your apartment I'm some like 28 year old at the time. I mean, this goes back. I'm like some young kid, and I and, and Andy wasn't with me. I think he was on a different trip. And I remember walking into yeah, I remember walking into your apartment, and I sat down, and I remember it's it's your mother, Miss Shirley Woods, your nephew. There was a few other people, and you. Okay. 
And, and this is my first. This was my first time ever taking a recruiting meeting by myself. Andy and I had done quite a few together. This is the first time. And I remember there's this point where, first of all, man, I, I'm just kind of. I love I love the the sports life. I love the athletes. I, I you know I could always relate to the guys. I just I just like being around it. And uh, I remember just sitting there going, "This is really cool because we're finally in, in touch with an Ohio State player, which we were really high on getting." And uh, but I'm telling you, there's about I'm, there were about I remember the look on your mother's face like, "Who is this young kid sitting here in this apartment <laughs> telling me?" You know, telling me about why you guys are so, why this this firm is gonna you know represent Larry blah blah blah, and I remember we're about fifteen minutes into this and she's looking at me like stone cold in the face, not even flinching. She is no joke, and you're and you're you know you're you're cool as a cucumber. You're not giving me much, and uh, I've got all these people looking at me as I'm giving you guys our spiel and our presentation and. And I remember looking at your mother, and she just looked at me like, "This motherfucker is who is this kid?" And, and and I remember the room started just closing, like literally, the room just started closing on me, and it got it got like it was it got like another fifteen degrees warmer within like seconds, you know. <laughs> and uh, and that to me, man, that was um, that was the first time we had ever met because. And it was a great experience for me because, you know, I was I was still, you know, figuring this whole thing out from from the uh, recruiting standpoint. And uh, and I remember I remember another 15 or another 30 minutes later, I kind of was breaking her walls down a little bit. Everyone was a little bit more comfortable. But but I never shared that story with you. I wanted to share it. I wanted to share that today. So uh, that was the first time we met, man. That was at your that was at your place uh, on campus. And then. Fast forward a few months. That was probably, you know, September, October time frame. Fast forward several months. We talked. We stayed in touch. Obviously, uh, I didn't I didn't completely blow it. We, we stayed in touch. And, uh, and you were really strongly considering us. But then I recall, so that we were, you, were, you were really considering signing with us and players rep. And then I don't remember all the details exactly. This is probably where you remember better. But there was another group of people that came in. That was kind of, I, I, I maybe not the most straightforward and honest people, but they kind of had you believing that they were the right guys to go with. Can you remember that? I remember it. I remember every every bit of it. I just don't remember. I don't remember that guy's name and who he was with. But uh, you know, they definitely told me a few things that were different, and they kind of buttered me up with a few things as well. And me just being a young guy, and I never had no money, don't know nothing. I'm looking at it like, man, they ain't bought me nothing. Players rep didn't buy me anything. But it was the it was the professionalism about me, about it, that helped change my mind at, at the end of the day, especially seeing y'all in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know so I mean? yeah. So for those that don't know, and this uh, we talked about this with Beanie a little bit on my first episode, but you know, you're getting hounded by so many different people, and what you're saying is no. these guys were trying to throw material things or financial incentives at yeah. you for once you once you were done with college football, they weren't you know, but they were just trying to to say, hey, we'll give you this 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 and this once you're done and sign with us, and that. For, exactly for for a twenty two year old guy like you said who didn't come from money that was hard that that was to you that was the deciding factor even though 
you damn well knew we were the best guys for you. I did, yeah, exactly. And, you know, if, if, if I remember correctly, I think the good thing is that it didn't take long for me to realize the right direction to go. Because I made, I was with him one day, and the next day I was right with Player the Rest. Yes, I remember that. You know? I remember that, yeah. So, I, it, it was a, it was a, and that had a lot to do with my mom as well. My mom had to, my mom broke it down to me and, and, and was like, Larry, what the hell are you doing? And why is you why is you not calling Nate back? Why are you not talking to Nate? <laughs> I knew I loved that Shirley. I knew I loved that Shirley Woods, man. <laughs> you need to call Nate Nandy and you need to go talk to that. And that was really uh, the deciding factor, you know. Um, that was the good thing about having my mom my mom's around because she helped me have the right mind that time. You know what I mean? So that, that look, those little material things got to me, and it kind of it, it, it made things a little better for me for a moment but um, she helped me understand that a one good feeling for a moment can ruin your whole life absolutely you know so absolutely God bless the her the best man. thing for me yeah. was definitely to be with you and Andy and Flair's rep it was, it was the best decision I made for myself Thank you, sure. man. Thank you, thank you. That's uh, we. I, I really appreciate that. I know Andy would if he heard that too. So, um, so and, and just to piggyback off of that, because <laughs> there's another piece to that story. You did mention how we came down to New Orleans. You played in the 2008 national championship game. So this is you know 2007 season. Yeah. Um, you're leaving. You are leaving. You know this is this is it. This is your final college game before before you know signing with an agent and then getting ready for the the combine and going through the draft process. And yeah. we made it a point to come down there because we're like we're not losing out on this. I mean, it was slipping away from us. I think you kind of had committed to us or or gave us an indication that you thought you were going with us, and then all of a sudden we realized you know a week or two prior, holy shit, you know we're not going to get them. These guys are coming in out of nowhere. Um. So we got on the we got on a flight, and I remember this story, man. I am sitting there. So I meet your mother, LaShawn, and I think it was LaShawn's girlfriend, maybe. I don't think it was your sister, maybe. I can't remember. There was another girl in the car with us. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. One of, one of them. Yeah. So there was – all I know is that LaShawn's driving this car, and I – so I meet them. We all go grab – we grab, like, lunch together. And it's just the four of us, and, 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 you know, we're talking, and I'm explaining to your mom and to everybody, hey, you know, again, this is why Larry wanted to go with us. You guys know we're the best fit, ba 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 We got we to get, and, and they're saying the same thing. Yeah, we know, and, and we, don't, we don't like these guys. We don't trust them. They've got Larry's ear, but, but okay, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, we're going to work this as a team. So all of a sudden... The woman who a few months later was staring at me like I was like like some some uh, you know alien from another planet when I walked into your apartment is is now her and I have a nice little bond and and now she's saying you know yeah. we want we want you guys which was awesome so here's the, we leave lunch and we're driving to the super we're driving to to go watch the game and I remember sitting in the front seat I'm in New Orleans Louisiana practically have never been there in my whole life i'm in the midst of graduating soon to be graduating law school and i'm sitting there with your brother in the front seat and your mom and this other young lady in the back seat and your mom says everyone let's hold hands and we're driving the car and your lashawn puts on some some you know some type of gospel music in the background 
and the four of yeah. us are holding hands and your mom starts singing a prayer. And here I am driving around with your family doing prayers and it was just one of those moments, Larry, that I will I swear to you, you probably don't even know this story. This is one of those moments, man, that I would never forget in my entire life. I'm in New Orleans, Louisiana, driving around the Superdome with your family. Your mom's doing a prayer. We're all getting into it. And I'm going, holy shit, we're gonna we're gonna end up getting Larry. This is this is this is absolutely amazing. I was it was it was it was, it was the most like crazy thing that I've ever experienced in, in when I was in the agent business. It was such a cool story, man. People love it when I've told them that story. They, they you know. And then we saw you after the game, and uh, and then you know you you said hi to us. That you, you guys lost, so you guys really weren't in the in, in a great mood at that moment, and. Uh, yeah. And then, like I said, man, you got you came to your senses, like you said, uh, you know, a few days later, you came to your senses. Definitely, best decision I made, you know, and and, and ending my college career, you know, and uh, I was blessed. I, I was blessed to have you guys, and you know, still uh, to this day, my mom asks me, "Where's how's Nate?" <laughs> Hey, you know, uh, you know, uh, you got to tell her we say hello, or you know, definitely send my regards. I definitely will. Yeah, please, please. I it, definitely will. She, she'd be excited if she was here right now. Yeah. You know, she'd be excited and want to be on this on this podcast as well. Well, we might have to have her come on, man. You know. She, she's wild. She's she's amazing. She's I'm an amazing right person. <laughs> you got to send her a link to this episode when we're done because uh, she'll she'll see how much we talk about her. She was she was awesome. I I still think about her and. She was definitely vital part to this, you know, to, to us ultimately having that relationship, that working relationship that we created for quite a few years. So, uh, really appreciate her, man. Say, send our regards. And, and you know, uh, Andy sold his firm a few months ago. Players Rep was bought by Little Wayne. Wow. Did you see that? By Little Who? Little Wayne. Little Wayne. By Lil Wayne. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I, had <laughs> I was. No idea. I was like, where did this come from? So I, uh, I, I did hear. I did hear that Wayne was getting into the sports agent business, but I didn't know that players' rep was built to Lil Wayne. That's, that's it, man. 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 Andy and Andy and Wayne, man. Wow. That's, yeah. That's amazing. Andy, he's doing big things still. I haven't talked to him in a while, man. I, I definitely miss all you guys, man. And Likewise, brother. You guys were great for me. Likewise, buddy. Likewise. So, uh, no, I appreciate that, man. Thank you, thank you, and uh, and yeah, I got to get Andy on this show, man. Talk to him a little bit about what what's going on. So, I, I'm sure he's got some good stories to tell. Um, yeah. So, anyways, all right. So that enough with that. But uh, that was fun. And then and then and then you start your pro career. We work together through the draft. I'm finishing school, but we're working. You know, we're working tirelessly for you. Andy's working. We've got a, a whole staff of people. And um, you ended up being drafted by the Niners in the seventh round, 2008 draft. Um, and uh, yeah, that was that was an interesting experience, man. We'll talk about that a little bit because you you started on practice squad, um, and then yeah. you ultimately were signed off of that practice squad by the St. Louis Rams. But before we get before we get into all that, tell us, man, tell us what it's like because I know the. The listeners, my buddies, people that have listened to the show so far, they wanted they wanted to hear a little bit more about life in the NFL when I was talking to Beanie. So, let's start with your training camp. That first training camp when you're going in, what is what is the feelings like as a rookie coming into a, a training camp into the NFL? Well, 
Well, <clears throat> for me, being a rookie seventh round draft pick, it's more of it was I really had to prove myself that I that I deserve um, to be a part of the, part of that program, to be a part of that uh, that team. You know, given that I was drafted so late, you know, and I'm it was it was different for me because I was from San Francisco. I took it a lot more passionately than a lot of other guys. And uh, it was definitely, I had plenty of welcome to the league experiences. You know, I was a guy that being a rookie and being coached by Mike Singletary, it's tough. You know, um, never did I ever have to have these long hours waking up at 6, 7 in the morning just to be at the facility until 10 o'clock at night, 10.30 at night. You know, then following that last meeting, having a rookie meeting. You know, it was a very, very long, tiresome day where it was extremely hard working all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing about it is that I loved every moment of it. As a rookie, young guy coming in, I loved every moment of it. You know, that's, that's all I ever wanted to do was be in the league. So I, that I never, I, I, I wasn't going to let anything pass by. You know, I was going to do everything I needed to do to be a part of the program. But what what is that like? What is that like? Because you're going back home, um, but you know, just in gen- generally speaking, man, is it is it a lot of anxiety? Is it nervousness? Is it is it excitement? Or is it just all of the above? You know, I I haven't I I ain't never really been a nervous guy. So if I can say it was any one of them, it was it was more exciting than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to drive. To, I just had to drive two hours up the road just to get to the facility. You know. When the, the day they the day after they drafted me because I was in Sacramento at my grandma's house, <laughs> you know uh, it yeah. was it was amazing being able to get drafted by the four. That's the last team I thought I was gonna have an opportunity with. Yeah, <laughs> the last team I thought I was gonna have an opportunity to come home. You know, I never thought that I was gonna get a call from coach uh, from the from the D coordinator at the time, and um, yeah, it was amazing. And I I was anxious to get in to get in the locker room and be on the NFL roster. I was excited. You know, it was nothing that was going to slow me down. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and talk, talk a little bit about the tra- training camp. Like, how, talk a little bit about training camp life. It's several weeks. Talk, talk about how intense it is at times, and what what's the schedule like going into the, in that summer camp? Well, that training camp, the schedule is ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous, you know, and <clears throat> that's just what the that's what the business is about. You know, you gotta get, you gotta be up every day early and with energy. You don't have time to be tired, especially as a rookie. You don't have time to come in and be tired and look lethargic. Because uh, that one day, that one time you look lethargic, you can be on that bus, on that train, or on that flight back to wherever you came from. What's a typical What's a typical day like in training camp? Give us a, a glimpse into the schedule of just a typical, you know, intense training camp day. Well, seven a.m. workout, eight thirty meeting, more meetings. More meetings all the way up until about 12 or 1 o'clock, then we have lunch. Shortly after lunch, you know, we got practice. Going into practice for two and a half, three hours. At that time, we would have, we would have three hour practices. And some of them will be double days. Um, and after that three hour practice, we got more meetings. More meetings till about, till about 6. Now we have dinner. And then shortly after dinner, you get about an hour, hour and 15. But then if you got it, that's when you have the, the wrap-up meetings. And those meetings don't start until about 7 o'clock. God damn. And, and those are another three another three hours worth of meetings. Some, it, it all depends. 
some some coaching staffs to get there, get like to get everybody out there by eight o'clock. You know, but um, what every every training camp that I've been in, I, I was in all, we were in office until ten o'clock at night. And uh, and again, you're you're again you're in San Francisco at this time in training camp, and you're there in you know it's what is it July. You know, July August time frame, and and, and uh, July San Francisco in July, I'd imagine is a pretty hot place weather wise. Nah, no. See, the thing is, is, is given that we ran off the bay, you know, it's always pretty cool temperature in San Francisco. But we were in Santa Clara, so it was warm. But the good thing about California, it's never really dry. You always got a breeze. That's true. Wow, so I, that's I interesting. In, in California, we had a breeze, so it wasn't never really hot. It was a little, a little, a little colder than, than anything, you know what I hmm. mean? That's, that's surprising, just, yeah. That's just that training camp. Yeah, yeah. Training. It's probably worse in Cleveland here, to be honest with you, with the humidity based on that. Yeah. yeah. And and it was worse. It, that, weather-wise, it was worse in Columbus, of course. And St. Louis is where it was just bad. Yeah, it similar was thing. Bad um. So, all right, so that's training camp. And then you're going through your first season with the Niners, um, your first season, and uh, you're on practice squad. So, you know, yeah. for those that don't know, practice squad means that you're practicing for the week, but you're not dressing on the 53-man roster on Sundays. And I know, you, I remember yeah. you being frustrated about that. Talk about that a little bit. You know, I've always thought that I I, was, I should be a player in the league, you know, especially going through my whole rookie season on that practice squad. I took every day. The day they called me after that last game and told me that they wanted to bring me in on a practice squad, I really didn't know what it meant. I didn't know I was. I didn't really realize I was getting cut. I thought it was just you know they just want me to be on a practice squad to develop, you know. But at the time, I, I felt like you know they took a stab at me personally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being that they wanted to wanted me to be on the practice squad. You know, right. I didn't know no difference. So every day when I came out there and I practiced, I took it personal and. It was it was easy to be that way because of who my coach was at the time. My coach was Mike Singletary. He, there was no letting up just because on a practice squad you still got to work. As if you're sitting, you get ready to play on Sunday. And so being in with the guys in the room that I was with, Tikio, Pat, you know, um, uh, or, um, Erling, you know, I had a lot of a lot of older guys in there that you know. Now you're talking they, about Patrick Willis right. when you say Pat or somebody else. Yeah. Patrick Wallace, the you know, Keo Spikes. Spikes, yeah, 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 and, and there was just a lot of guys, and I had a, lot, a couple other vets in there that, you know, they were older, so you know, I had to outwork everybody. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. Every day I had to come in and I had to work. I took it personal, yeah. you know, until they until they decided to bring me up and put me on that active roster. But because of me and my competitive spirits, the day they decided to bring me up on the active roster. Was only because St. Louis said they wanted me to bring wanted to bring me up as well. <laughs> I remember that we got the call from the Rams and they wanted to sign you off the the, the practice squad, and yeah. uh, and then I think yeah. if I recall correctly, we had decisions to make, and um, yeah. you ultimately said, "Hey, I want to go to St. Louis for a fresh." What was your what was your mentality? Yeah, what was your mentality? I, I, you know, sometimes playing in your own backyard. From where you grew up is not always the best place, you know. Um, so, what yeah. was your what was your mentality at that time going back going over to St. Louis then late in the, in that first season? Well, 
I had the mentality that I was coming in. I didn't know. I was still learning the NFL. I was still learning about the vets and you know and the stars. They got starters. You know that they, they already got. They always got that much. I was still learning. So coming to St. Louis, I felt like in my mind I was coming in and they was gonna give me an opportunity to play right away. That that must have been what the story was taking me out the practice squad because they wanted they needed somebody that was gonna come in and play. They were owing twelve or something like that at the time. Right. You know. And you know, I, I, I felt like I was one of the better guys on the, on the roster at the time at linebacker. So I came in piggybacking exactly what I came from in San Francisco. Every day I went out to practice, I took it personal, and yep. it was a little different for the guys that was there because they didn't practice that way. And uh, you know, it it was just a person. It was, I took it personal, and I expected to play early, and that's when I had another welcome to the league experience where. For the first two games, I didn't even suit out. They didn't even dress me in the first two games. Yeah, ended up playing special teams the last the last two games, and uh, you know I, I took it personal. In two games, I had seven tackles on special teams. You you know I I, I think that, I think it's part of professional sports life the culture. But you you know yeah. you just you hear so many stories about it's almost like sometimes guys are just misled a little bit. Like hey man, you do this, you're gonna get this. Like almost coaches and front office personnel, these guys don't have a fucking clue, but they're just trying to motivate you guys. You know, one day, you, you, all you got to do is watch an episode of Hard Knocks on HBO. You see, one day the guy's telling you how great you are, the next day you're getting cut by the GM. Exactly. You know, did you feel like that a little bit with the NFL life? Yeah, I did, I, especially my rookie year. You know, um, the whole, throughout, throughout training camp, the guy who, who liked me the most was, of course, it was Manuski, who was a D coordinator, and it was Singletary. Singletary first, Manuski second. Mm-hmm. They always told they they told me throughout the whole training camp my rookie year, that, you know you're doing great, you know you, you keep doing what you're doing, you're gonna you're gonna play a long time in this league, you know. And then the guys that were ahead of me, you know, they they, they were cutting them. Uh, one one OG got cut, and another older guy got cut. They put a, they made me compete with another guy who was uh, who basically started the last couple of years, and it seemed that you know the first two games it seemed like the competition was swinging in my way. Mm-hmm. The third game came, literally a couple of days before the third came, third game came. That's when they signed to Keel. I didn't even play it down in the third game. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> But I practiced all week long. I practiced my ass off all week long. The fourth game came. I didn't play for the last 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 two minutes of the game in the fourth game, fourth game, and that's when I learned. Uh, I don't remember who it was on the sideline. If I remember correctly, um, it, it was Takio. Takio told me he said, "Hey, look, I feel sorry for you." I said, "What you mean? I know I want. I, I know you want to play." I was like, yeah, I want to play. I was a little upset on the sideline. He said, hey, look, this is what you call being hid. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, they're hiding you from the league so nobody will pick you up. Mm. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. So I just said, I don't know what you mean, but you know, I just want to play in this game. Yeah, you didn't understand what that and meant. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't understand it. As yeah, as, as it didn't take me long to understand it. After then, after, after about a, after about six weeks, that's when I understood. Okay, I understand what you were saying because he kept telling me 
consistently throughout the whole entire the whole entire season like that. This is what they did. You don't get it yet. Well, I think I think I think I think what you realize, man, is that this is this was one of those moments too. Once you do realize, you're like, okay, this is really not a game anymore. I mean, this this has become a complete business, and you start really losing trust in people because it's all business. It's all business driven. Everyone's trying to advance. You know, whether you're an assistant coach or a strength coach or a somebody in the front office or a player or anyone besides the owner, you are trying to, even if you're a head coach, you may be trying to advance for a better head coaching. I mean, everyone is trying to advance. And uh, it's a it's a strange thing, man. That's the business that we chose, you know. We all chose to be in this business because we love the game so much. You know, and I, I, I never lost the love of the game. I still love the game. That's why I coach. You know, and um, I learned a lot. So yeah, I'm, I'm very knowledgeable about it. So, uh, did you enjoy the NFL? Well, I mean, once you realize, hey, this is a this is a fucking cut. This is as cutthroat as it gets, and you stuck around yeah. for a lot longer than most people did. But when did you when did you enjoy playing football? Like, just for the did you enjoy it the most when you were playing for the Niners, for the Rams, or was it back in you know college days or even earlier? When when did you have the most fun with football? Um, I'll say this. I had the most fun when I played, when I came back, after I went to St. Louis and I came back to San Francisco. Really? That's when I had the most fun. That's when I, because, because that is when. More fun than Ohio State. More fun than than the the Ohio State days. I'm I'm explaining to you in a second. So, that's when they had Hornball and the whole program changed. And I'm coming back home to my city now. And now I feel like I'm, I'm going to get an opportunity to play because all they have now is is, 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 is Pat. Don't know, I didn't know much about Bo yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, Navarro yet. Yeah, Bowman. But yeah. I'm coming back home to my city. I'm older, I'm wiser. You know, I've, I've started to, to build my build my name. Um, and now I'm back home. We're, we're, we're a good team. The city of San Francisco is, is loving all of us, especially me being a city a, a, a city boy. That's what they like to that's what they like to call us a city boy. You know, I was a hometown kid that was loving on me. You know, it was, it was a it was a fun time. Now, the two places that I had my passion was at its all time high was playing at Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's yeah. when I loved the game way more right it's because the passion of being with a team of guys that are only playing for we're playing for each other and we're playing for one goal and that's to get uh to win the big 10 and then we get a national championship because we're because we're representing ourselves representing a whole entire you know student body uh a state you know it's not there is nothing else in columbus but ohio state football you know what I mean? So, so basically, that's where the yeah, passion, yeah. The tradition, yeah, yeah, and that's when I I learned uh, so much more about tradition and, 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 and gained so much passion for the game being around those guys all day, every day. Yeah, no doubt, man, you know? no doubt. That that Carmen, Ohio, it's tough to compete with anything like that. Those feelings after the game, huh? Yeah, <laughs> arms and I mean, arms, brothers and arms. I love San Francisco. I love City College for what it was. 
you know, I built a lot of friendships, and that's what it, it made me the, the 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 player I was to get to Ohio State. You know, but being at Ohio State, with the, learning that tradition, and and it took the took the passion for the game to a whole other level. That's I mean, I beautiful, man. I have a I have the tattoo on my body, just like a lot of my guys do. Um, and I won't. I have coached kids that go to schools to other schools elsewhere. You know, but. They can send me all the stuff they want. I want one nothing but Ohio State gear. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and so that that really it's interesting. So you actually loved the game most when you were playing for the Buckeyes. That was like the pure pure yeah. passion for the game. But the overall situation of being a veteran in the league, coming back to San Francisco in your fourth NFL season, and you know, ultimately starting a little while there too. With everyone on you, and you got a new contract, and that the, the overall situation that was like the most, uh, um, like the greatest Fine. feelings that you had. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, man. So okay, so you were at the Rams for three seasons, um, 2008 through 2010. Like we said, after you were signed off the practice squad from the Niners, and then uh, in 2011 you went back to the 49ers. Such a crazy story, man. Your story is so unique, you know. Um, talk about talk about a little bit about what life is like at this point for you, man. What is going on behind the scenes? What what are the perks of being an NFL player? Are you rubbing you rubbing shoulders with celebrities and other athletes? Talk a little bit about like what what's life like kind of behind the scenes? Well, the the good thing about the locker room that I, that I was in, we didn't have a whole bunch of a prima donna type guys. Right. We we had a we had a whole bunch of guys that like to like to grind and they like the brotherhood that was the only locker room that i can say that i that i've been in in the nfl those two years out of my career was where i felt like we were a family these were all my brothers mm-hmm. you know and it just brought a completely different game that's that's where i say i gained on that that's where i say that's why i say i had the most fun there and then the city you know, the city loved us it was it was to a point to where we can do it. We can do almost whatever we wanted to do. So what's it like that when you? What's it like when you walk into a restaurant on a, on a Friday or Saturday night, man? What, what what's it like they, at that they, point? They know who we are, and mm-hmm. they, and they love us. They want to take pictures. They and it doesn't, it doesn't matter who, who who you are, whether you are the the highest, the the, the biggest of the big time guys, Pat Willis on the team, or your practice squad guy, Mike Wilhoy at the time. Right. You know they're going to love you just the same because of what you're doing for the city of San Francisco and the Bay, and the Bay Area alone. You know, so That's it didn't great. matter. Yeah. And they loved on us as every opportunity they got, whether it was riding on riding on one on one or whether it was that Great America at the Great America Park or in San Francisco in Union Square. And you know, it's pictures it's pictures and autograph it's pictures and autographs galore I imagine at that point. Exactly. Yeah. And we were the group of guys that didn't didn't mind it. We loved it. We didn't get it for a long time in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. The you last know, time, the last time was like the, the glory days before that was like you know the true glory days was obviously the Rice Montana days. Ninety four, yeah. ninety five. Yeah, that's amazing. So and you go from the Rams, which was a completely struggling, not a very good competitive team, to a Super Bowl yeah. contender in the you know the two thousand eleven season. That was that season you. That was clearly your best season too, and you started a few games that season when Willis got hurt, right? 
Definitely. I, I was able to get the opportunity to play. And, and the first game I played when, when Pat went down was surprisingly against St. Louis. So that was another personal <laughs> game as well. So. And you had two sacks you know, that uh, year, two sacks, 30 tackles, yeah. nine assists, you know. Passes defense five. I mean, you had a good season. You played. You played in all sixteen games. You were that was a that's a great season. It's a good season. Yeah, it was. It was definitely the best season of my career, given you know, other than the same, other than the the, the game, all the games I started. It was, it was just uh, being in that defense with Vic Fangio as a D coordinator. He allowed guys to just play. Yeah, they kept it simple when it comes to scheme, and just play the game. Play fast play physical, and play smart. And, and that's what we did. And, and well, You definitely God, did. God granted me an opportunity to play. So I knew, being that I am a, a big-time studier of the game, I studied, oh, that's all I do. Before I got on this podcast, I was looking at my playbook, putting together things for, for the kids that I have here. You know, that's what I do. I'm a studier of the game, and I've always been. I always watch, and I always listen, and I always learn from every coach that was around me. And Vic Fangio taught me a lot. And if he, as much as he taught me, I knew everybody else was getting the same thing. And that's why we all—that's why we all played together so good. Because he gave us the opportunity to play fast, play strong, play physical, and play smart. And you guys did all that, which is why in 2012 the 49ers were back in the Super Bowl. And uh, talk about talk about you played against the the Baltimore Ravens in a really close. In Yes, in a, in a ridiculously close, great Super Bowl game, uh, you guys lost to the Ravens 34-31. to uh, Play the game. Yes, and, and uh, so one of the best Super Bowls ever, and it had to be a completely crushing loss. But tell us a little bit about, talk about what life is like uh, playing in the Super Bowl, because most guys never get to do that. And then talk about what the life was, feelings were like losing at the end. Well, you know, uh, well, that whole week we spent in New Orleans, man, it was it was amazing. The city treated us well. You know, uh, the the hotel we stayed in, I believe we stayed in the Marriott. The the people there, they were they were amazing, man. They not, they were they were so nice to us, man. They, they, it, it wasn't nothing more that they could have done for us to make our stay there any better than what it was. Um, it was an, it was an amazing experience being in the city. Um, the food was amazing, of course. You know. The 49er fans, they came out. They didn't just come out for the game on Monday. They came out for the whole week. Yeah. And uh, they, we had so much love and support there. It was ridiculous. What's the media I, like? I is it is it overwhelming out. with the media? It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But I love it. I, I didn't mind the media, man. I loved every, every, every interview on media day when we're out there in our jerseys and, and they're showing us all kind of love. Actually, they, 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 try, they try to dig in you. But, you know, <laughs> we all had good composure. Yeah, yeah. We, we kept it. We kept it pretty composed, and we, we showed our personality off, and, and we showed our swag off, and we had fun with every piece of the media. Is it so? Then, and the, then you you guys play in the game, and you guys lose at the end. One of the, a thrilling a thrilling Super Bowl game was the Super Bowl forty seven, I think. Right? I think that's what it was. Uh, hold on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um. So. You I got, got my jersey right here. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Super Bowl forty seven. Yeah, it was Super Bowl forty seven. We lose and uh it was a terrible feeling, man. I 
terrible feeling, you know, uh, because uh, when when you're playing in a game that you know you're supposed to win, and you lose at that lose it that way, you know that that makes it even worse. Yeah, and, and I've played in five big time championship games that I should have won, that mm-hmm. we should have won, mm-hmm. and every feeling was the same at the end of it. And again, people don't realize this, but you guys are putting in an enormous amount of time during the season. This is not just you show up on Sunday and play a game and then you go home for the week. That's that's a misconception. I mean, going back to the training camp like we talked earlier, starting in the summers and going practically six days a week with this team all the way through. Like you're, you're going through from like July all the way till you know once you're in the Super Bowl, early February, you know, late January, early February. That's that is an yeah. enormous amount of time, man. In ter- between practices, therapy, treatment, workouts, film study, meetings, blah blah blah. I mean, it's it's it, people don't realize how overwhelming it is. And then when you lose a game like that, I mean, all those feelings of all that work. What is that like? Can you can you explain that? It's a lot of work. We put in a lot of work just to get to that one game. You know, we don't know what's going to happen in August, but. When you get to a point to where you know you're a good team and you grind and steal just to make it to a game, to the biggest game that football can bring to you, and that Super Bowl game, you know, just to, to, to get let down, you know, it's a, it's a terrible feeling, man. Terrible yeah. feeling. And, yeah. uh, How long you know, does it take uh, to recover? How long does it take to recover from something like that? I still haven't recovered. <laughs> there you go, folks. Now, recover from, from, recovering from, from that long season, it, it took it took about two months because we were all anxious to get back into the locker room and put put work in and get back to where we just came from. Interesting. It took us about two months to recover from that uh, from the season. Recover from the loss. I still to this day it's, talk about it that. Sticks loss with you forever. Should have won. Yeah, it sticks with you forever. Wow, that's intense. That's intense. And, and, and just not just the Super Bowl. I still to this day look back in New Orleans against LSU and say. We should have won. My guy got hurt in the first half, you know, and he had he already had 140 yards in the first half. Who was that? Rushing the ball, Beanie. Oh, okay. Beanie Wells. Yeah, yeah. He had 100 and 120, 25, 30 yards of rushing in the first half. Yeah. Couldn't play in a, couldn't play in the second half because of a concussion. Yeah, we didn't talk about you know, that. We, I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I remember every moment of it. My man yeah. was he was devastated on the sideline that he could that they would they wouldn't give him his helmet back. Huh, that's interesting. Wow. You know, Unbelievable. And, uh, the year before that, we had a great game plan. Great game plan to go out there and beat and beat up on Florida. You know, who was the focal focal point of our game plan, plan in every aspect? Running the ball, the focal point was putting Ted in the backfield at quarterback. Motioning him, fly sweep, doing everything, you know, uh, to get him the ball because he was the speaker of our team. Ted Ginn, uh, Ted Ginn, you're talking. Had, yes, Ted Ginn. When we had two running backs, Antonio Pittman and also uh, Chris Wells, that could that could do so much running the ball. You know, our our, our game plan was on Ted making those plays that we needed because of his speed. Yeah. Guess yeah. what happens? On the very first play of the game, he broke his foot. Jeez. So he, he didn't play. So he didn't play for the rest of the game. Yeah. In City College of San Francisco, a game when 
we know we're supposed to beat this team. You know, in the beginning of the game, the week before, our starting quarterback goes down, messes his back up bad. He wasn't even supposed to play in the national championship game. Uh, and he ended up playing, going in at halftime, all messed up. We we're, were down 28 points at halftime. And we ended up losing 42 to 39. Unbelievable. You know. Jeez almighty. The year before that, <laughs> the year before that, my freshman year. My freshman year, we played against College of the Canyons. They have the best tight end in the country. He's about 6'4", 6'5", 260 pounds, big guy. And uh, we had a, a linebacker who was also a freshman that year by the name of Larry Grant. He was supposed to be shadowing this guy everywhere he go because he, he was the best guy to cover him. And, uh, First play of the game, I got chop blocked from behind by the running back. And I tore some ligaments in my ankle. I didn't play after after the first quarter. And that guy torched us for almost 200 yards. That's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Four years in a row. Oh, gee, that's, that's absolutely unbelievable. And you know what, man? With all those stories, I could understand why you feel the way you do. Why you feel like each game should have, could have been different. And it goes yeah. to show you how brutal, the, you know, it's a game of inches. It's a game of, you know, it's just a, it's a game of one or two plays or, or somebody gets hurt and everything could get changed. Um, I really appreciate your insight, man. I appreciate your insight into all that. And uh, you had a you had a really good – you had a very good career. I mean, most guys don't make it very long. You played for uh, six – you know, basically six seasons. And uh, I think, you know, NFL, for people that don't know, NFL stands for not for long. And, you know, that means most guys aren't playing more than two or three years on average, shockingly enough. So you beat the odds, brother, when you playing for six years. You had a nice career, and uh, it was awesome to uh, be a part of that, man. I'll, I, I will tell you, I will take those memories with me forever and uh, those lessons and those negotiations and working with you and, you know, uh, seeing what it was like to, to get into, the, you know, work with professional athletes or just work in the business world and, and represent people and, and look out for you guys and look out for your best interests. Those, those memories and those skills and those uh, uh, experiences will be taken with me, man, every day, just so you know. Definitely. Definitely. Um, you, you, uh, you're, a, you're an MMA and boxing fan, too. You're a big MMA and boxing fan. Me, for people that don't know, me, me, and, me, and, me and LG will text each other when it's like a big fight, like a McGregor fight, and we'll kind of bust each other's chops a little bit, see who's going to win. <laughs> so I remember, I remember, I know you're, are you, you and, uh, you and Tyron Woodley are, are friendly. Is that right? Tyron Woodley. Are you and T Wood, T, uh, T Wood friendly or, or, or on, not on really? On Twitter, on Twitter, on Twitter we are. Oh, okay. Did you guys ever meet when you were in? Did you guys meet when you guys no, were in St. Louis? Never got a chance to meet him. Oh, uh, okay. Never got a chance to meet him in St. Louis, but uh, we have spoke on social media on, on plenty of different occasions. Yeah, okay. I thought maybe you guys knew each other from the, the St. Louis days. Um, real quick, uh, what do you think about uh, what do you think about the the what what are some of the big fights that you want to see? You know, our guy Stipe is coming to fight next weekend, Cleveland. And he's not fighting in Cleveland, like but you know the Cleveland boy, Stipe Miocic, heavyweight yeah. champ. Yeah, I like Stipe. Yeah, he got he got he got his hands full though. I'll tell you that. Much. He does, man. I don't this... know what that. I don't know what that guy Francis, <laughs> whatever his last. I don't know what he got in his blood, but <sighs> he, he he's a problem. 
he's he's a, he's a terrifying human being. There's no doubt. Yes. I think Stipe's got to uh, uh, obviously, um, <laughs> obviously avoid Every getting hit part. at all costs. <laughs> you know, the, the good thing that I like about Stipe is uh, he knows how to weather the storm. And he's weathered the storm in every, in, in every one of these championship fights that he's had. Same thing when he fought the other guy, uh, Alistair Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got put mm-hmm. down early. Yeah. Weathered the storm and ended up knocking him out. And I think, this, I think if he's going to win this fight, it's going to have to be uh, something something very similar. He's going to have to weather the storm early. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's going to have to clearly stay away from the punch, and he's going to have to find a way to take this guy. He's going to have to, he's going to, have to take this guy down and grind him away. Kind of like he did to Alistair with that one, when Alistair slipped exactly. up with that silly kick, and then he took him down, and then the rest was history. It's going to have to be the same thing. It's going to have to, I'm really pumped about that fight. Man, what do you think about the 170-pound division with Woodley? What do, how do you see that going? You know what? I don't think... Uh... I think Woodley is is, is going to be a, a, a really good champion in that in that in that division for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's shown so much proge- progression in his game and his last fights, you know, being able to stay away from big punches and take punches as well, and also put people out with his hands and mix up his striking in so many in so many different ways. I think he's going to be a champion for a long time in that division. But the only problem with him is that it's it's been tough for Dana White to promote him. Yeah, you know, yeah. and Dana and it seems like Dana White's going to do what do what he can to get him off that seat. But what what he's what it seems like he's going to keep doing is you just put him in front of me, I beat him. Yeah, I, I I don't see many guys being able to beat him. Uh, those nah, fights with one, you know, the reason those fights with Wonder Boy were just so boring for the, you know, the the, the average fan, and uh, that's that's the that's the issue that he has right now. But if he comes back and puts someone on their ass, kind of like he did Lawler, he'll be right back at it. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll be he'll be right there. Yep. Yeah, he's a beast, the man. The problem is, what it seemed like is that nobody's gonna want to get inside and take those punches from him because. Take one punch, you you'll be out. Fuck like, like, that! Hell yeah! He, he, who wants to go? You know, who wants one of those? You know, he's yeah, a boxing, scary dude. Boxing, and uh, I'm looking forward to um, Earl Spence and, and Lamont Lamont Peterson coming pretty soon here. I'm a real big fan of uh, um, it's a young guy in, in the in the 160 pound division by the name of Demetrius Andre in boxing. Uh, one of the most duck fighters, and I, I like him a lot. But yeah. I think Canelo and 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 uh, Golovkin coming is going to be big time. You know, it's a lot of big fights coming. Yeah, you're a big boxing fan. I'm not a boxing guy like you are, man. But I see that you're you're real into it with the boxing. I am. Yeah, man. yeah. I am. But you know, the image UFC. Um, I want to see. I want. I want to see somebody step up and fight Demetrius. You know, as soon as he gets healthy from his little shoulder surgery that he had. Uh, Demetrius Johnson is probably to me he might be one of the best champions ever yeah well he's the best pound for pound fighter on the planet right now and uh, you know I think they're trying to work with him and TJ Dillashaw with some type of I think Dillashaw might even come down to 25 and and fight him from what I'm hearing from what I'm hearing that that might but I think that would be a pretty sweet fight yeah, of course. Any any TJ Dillashaw is always a good fight. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a sweet fight, man. That'd be a sweet fight. La- last thing, real quick on UFC. What do you think about the 155 pound division? Obviously, with Tony Ferguson 
and Conor McGregor, and now obviously Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov, who's been there forever, smash. Did you see what he did to Barboza? I seen it. Yeah. I think Khabib, and I said this a long time ago, I think he's the most dangerous fighter in the UFC, especially in that division. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he'll be one. Khabib, easily, I, I, honestly, I think he'll easily beat up Conor McGregor, beat up, beat up Tony Ferguson anybody else in that division that he put that they put him put in front of him and, and that'll be one guy that would give Tyron Woolley some problems too I agree with you man he's a fucking animal the I mean guy, he's 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 so anybody tough anybody that can fight you inside the ring during the fight and tell you you might as well quit because I'm going to get that championship belt yeah yeah he did he did it to Michael Johnson he did it to uh, Barboza yeah. um I just, I just, uh, I want to see him fight one of those guys. Him and Ferguson would be a t- good fight. You know, Ferguson could kick your ass off his back too, which makes it a little interesting. Um, yeah. But Khabib's, it's just he's he's. I, I, it's hard to yeah, it's hard to see when you have that wrestling and that grappling base, and you're just heavy and you know how to use your body weight and just grind people away like that, man. It's. I mean, he, he he made Barboza look like a like like you know the hundredth ranked fighter in the world in that fight. I mean, it was just nothing. He's gonna do that to everybody. Yeah, I can't see McGregor doing it he either. Can take a, he can take a punch. He can take a punch, and he'll give it. You know, he's he's, he's his striking has gotten so much better in the last since he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a, he's he's gonna do the same thing to Conor McGregor when he comes back and fight him eventually. Yeah, that'll be that will be a monumental fight, especially if they did it in like Russia, like they're talking about. That'd be so fucking sick. Be so yeah. great. Uh, real quick, man. Let's finish off here shortly, but uh, real quick with you. So, tell us about life post NFL. We know we talked about the kids at the beginning and your family life. Everything's going great. Your wife. Um, but talk about professionally. Uh, you're coaching football now, or what? What are you doing? I am. Um, I'm coaching at the high school level now. I just had my baby girl. So understanding how the lifetime and, and the hours was being in the league and even in college as a player is twice as much time as a, as, as, a, as a coach. You know, and uh, I want to spend some time with my daughter and my wife, you know, before I even go up to those ranks. And, and But so right now, I'm doing my, whole school, my high school coaching thing, man, and, and all the knowledge that I've gained as a player you know, I'm giving it to these young kids, and I don't. I, I do it because I love the kids, and I do it because I want to see them be successful and have those high school opportunities that, that I didn't have. And uh, it, it's it has brought my passion to the to the game to a completely different level. It's you know, awesome, man. I start my masters. I start my masters program for my for masters of sports science in, in May, and uh, I'll get that. And, and I, I really believe and that my coaching career will be a lot better much better than my playing career and uh i I just can't wait for for the things that i have to come in the future oh that's beautiful brother that's absolutely beautiful and and like you said you've always been a student of the game it's been part of your life forever um and uh i have no doubt i have no doubt that you'll be very very successful in that and what's your ultimate goal do you want to just move into ultimately continue to move up and of course my ultimate goal is to is to be a head coach at the in college football, and then eventually be a head coach in in, in, in the NFL. But you know, my ultimate goal right now is is to to be a head coach in college football. And you know, 
I might uh, I might have to find me an agent as well to, to represent <laughs> me as a coach. There you go. There you go. There's a few people I know. I, I don't think you need to be. I don't know if you have to even be registered with the NFLPA to be a uh, to represent coaches. You might have to. You probably do. But if not, you yeah. and I should talk. Um, Definitely. You know who the best negotiator is. We don't need to. We don't need to talk about that right now. I'm already. <laughs> and if you don't know, we'll call Shirley. So we'll call your mother, just just in case. She knows. She does. She definitely does. Hey man, um, all the best to you. I want to finish off with just a few last questions, quick hits I call it, and uh, I'm gonna just throw something out at you. And the first thing that comes to your mind, uh, just just shout it out, and we'll go from there. So the first one is, gotcha. tell me who the best player you ever played against. The best player to ever play Marshawn against. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. You didn't even flinch on that one. Marshawn Lynch. No, no flinch question. on Lynch. That's 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 awesome. All right. Most member. What was the most memorable NFL play that you ever had at, personally, individually? Um, first thing, first Seattle, in Seattle. For this, this is a Thursday night game against Seattle. Um, I, I started. It's in the fourth quarter. Uh, we're up nineteen seventeen. Uh, we 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 need a big play. Uh, to to win the game to to finish this game off. I don't I don't remember what down it was exactly, but it was a man to man coverage. I was supposed to be guarding Marshawn Lynch, but I seen him block a mob book, so I turned into a pressure rush. Ended up blitzing the quarterback, sack fumble. I got up, hold the L train up. I went to the sideline and I had a homeboy in the stands with some skills, and he threw skills all over me. Uh, you know, Marshawn, we talked about that after the game. It was funny. That's awesome. But uh, That's awesome. by far the most memorable moment I had in my career. Beautiful. Most memorable play you had at Ohio State. And I know you had a few. Most so. memorable play. Yeah. <laughs> most memorable play I had at Ohio State was the very first series I've ever played in Columbus. No shit. The very Go- first series. Yeah. Very first series I've ever played in Columbus. I uh, first I was upset that I didn't play in the, I didn't play in the first half. Came out at halftime. And uh, they put me at the mic, and uh, they they were driving down the field. I had a couple tackles, and they made it to about the 20-yard line. I read the quarterback play action. I picked it off. I returned it. I went to juke the quarterback up, and I slipped in that bad grass they had at that, <laughs> at that time. I was supposed to take that to the house, though. That's unbelievable, man. First first series, huh? That's unbelievable. First series. Yeah. The first series of my, my career at Ohio State. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, second last one, man. You are a Bay Area guy, so I have to ask you. I'm a Cleveland guy. 2018 NBA Finals prediction. Go ahead. 2018, the Finals prediction. LeBron does it again. Really? <laughs> I'm a Brown Brown guy. Holy shit. I'm a Brown Brown guy. There you go, I, folks. I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a Cavaliers fan because of Brown. I'm not a Warriors guy. For sure. I'm by any means I'm not a Warriors guy. I'm not a fan of him at all. Wow. Wow. <laughs> there you go, folks. I, you I heard it even, here. I don't even want them to win out the West. I want to see LeBron play OKC, which is it's hard to say. I don't think that that might not happen because of the Warriors are playing so good right now, but. I just think that, you know, it's going to be seven games, and I think I, I, I'm hoping LeBron pulls it off this year. 
Hey, man, if he does, I will tell you this. You got to get some tickets You'll come, or you got to get a flight to Cleveland and uh, we'll, we'll find a way to get to the game together. Take you out to the game. Yeah. We'll have a good time in Cleveland. I know you were here. You were here for a, a brief moment for a little while, and and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, uh, we'll 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 you know we'll explore the city again. It'll be a good time. Of course. Uh, of course. Last one. Last one. LG. Uh, looking back, man, at your early twenties, what's what's advice that you'd give to your younger self looking back? Uh, listen to the people around you. The positive because there's so many people that's in your ear as a young fella in the league, you know. But surround yourself by good people, smart people, and the people who want to help you and not take from you, not hurt you. Surround yourself by good people and listen, listen, listen. That's beautiful, bro. That's absolutely beautiful. Again, thank you so much for being here, for coming on. It's good to reconnect with you. Uh, if people want to find you, if people want to find you uh, on social media, how do they find you? Uh, my Twitter at Larry Grant ninety five. Follow me. Uh, I tweet all day, every day, and Instagram L Grant fifty four. There you go. Initial, my last name fifty four. There you go, everybody. Larry Grant, Twitter and Instagram. Hit him up, follow him, tell him you heard him on the episode. And, uh, hey, man, we'll talk soon. We'll stay in touch. And, uh, like I said, seriously, uh, once the NBA Finals come around, you know, may- maybe we can find a way to get together. Definitely, man. I'd love to come down. All right, NBA Finals or not, I'd love to come down. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely, buddy. Thank you so much. Really appreciate everything. Say hi to the family, and we'll talk soon. We'll do. All right, brother. Take care. What up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Optimal Life with yours truly. Hit me up on Instagram at Nathan Haber and let me know what you think. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And again, stay tuned for some awesome, awesome episodes ahead. Take care.